Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right. uh, Last week, uh, the government announced that they will be introducing electronic automotive insurance slips. So you get pulled over, you need to show proof of insurance. Instead of looking for that pink slip, uh, you can just now pull out your phone and, and have an electronic copy of your insurance form. Now, I can see how it's easier. I can see how uh, less paper, less everything. I mean, we're all moving to a a digital economy, a digital life anyway. So it just seems like the normal, natural thing. However, is it any more of a help considering you still have to provide, I believe, your license uh, and ownership, which are usually in the same place that your insurance is anyway? Um, and, and the cynicism, the cynical in me says, well, this is great. This is convenient, but who's making money off this? Uh, at the end of the day, is this about making life easier for you and me, or is it another revenue stream for others, uh, in the insurance game to talk more about all of this? Uh, Elliot Silverstein is with us, manager of government relations, CAAN is on the line now. Elliot, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me. So your thoughts on this, uh, with registration, ownership, uh, and license, we still have to do it manually, correct? So there are certain pieces that will still have to be done manually, but this is an important step forward. So the provincial government has said uh, earlier this year they're looking to move forward in modernizing auto insurance, and there's a number of provinces that already have electronic proofs of insurance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the key thing here is this is being installed in phases, and it's optional. So not everybody has to opt in. If you still want to carry the paper, you can. Absolutely. So for the first year alone, you're still required to keep a paper copy no matter what. Right. But if you're not comfortable using electronic means, if you don't use the digital wallet for affinity programs, you don't have to move to this program whatsoever. Um, it's also dependent on when insurance companies individually will move towards this as uh, the uh, parameters were just set out last week. Uh, what's the reasoning for doing this? Is this all about making life easier for, for the consumer, for the driver? So this is something that's been um, uh, in the works for, for quite a while. It's been mentioned with government for, for quite a while here in Ontario. It's uh, in place in many states uh, down south, and uh, as we mentioned, that a number of provinces in, in Canada. So um, it, it's an option. People are preferring to have more of their materials on their phone and easily right. accessible. Um, but there are some interesting characteristics that the province has put in in terms of uh, privacy that if an insurer is going to bring this forward, they do have to have certain measures in place. Uh, is there any advantage for the insurance company here? People are always conserv- uh, concerned about privacy. They're always concerned about their data and information being sold. Is this an opportunity for insurance companies? You know, the only opportunity I think here for insurance companies is to provide the materials in the ways that their their policyholders are going to want them. There really is uh, an opportunity here if they want to provide it. Um, but again, the time frames vary from company to company. Um, at the end of the day, they have to provide information um, in terms of the pink slip. Um, I don't think there's any other changes or any other advantages that we'll see for insurance companies other than saying they can provide it in multiple forms. Uh, what about security and the ability to lock this on your phone? So if you're showing it to somebody and you physically hand them your phone, that's all they can see. So part of the requirements that were set out by the government uh, when it was introduced last week is that insurers must create a system uh, in terms of the app or the program uh, on their phone that must have it displayed on the lock screen. So while the responsibility still falls on the driver themselves to make sure their phone is locked, when they provide it to law enforcement, the mechanics of it are required uh, 
for the insurance companies to provide it to consumers that way. So in other words, if you were asked to provide proof of insurance, you would go to your phone, you would you, you would pull up what the, the, the information that you need, and then there's an easy way to lock that and then hand that to somebody. Exactly. Very much like the airline. Uh, what about, uh, some have raised question about third-party advertising, and um, if, if you don't buy into this, you can't participate. You know, I think really what we've seen right now is that it's a uh, it's a move forward that insurance companies have the ability now to provide this, but there is no information around uh, other other mechanisms for this. It is really designed to provide that opportunity for uh, policyholders if their insurance company covers this uh, to to have it on their phones. Really, it's it's more of a, a step forward than anything else. But uh, I think you know the government is looking at various types of modernization of auto insurance, but really this is just step one. Will we see the same sort of thing happen, perhaps, with ownership or licensing? Uh, it's possible. I think, you know, this is a big step forward in terms of the modernization, the digitization uh, of uh, elements in Ontario. So I think it's a matter of how well it has been adopted, um, what the interest levels are, where there may be challenges. And I think it's important to walk before you run so that we're not going to digitize everything on day one and have problems but also have the mechanics in place that you still have to have paper copies so that if your phone does fail or other things happen in year one, there are fail states for everybody to have uh, the materials in hand. So if something happens that you can't produce this on your phone, your phone dies, what have you, that's your responsibility, correct? It is still your responsibility, just like it is today, that if you were to stop and ask for your insurance papers, you must have it readily accessible in your vehicle. What about fraud? People are concerned about fraud. Is there more room for fraud with this type of system? You know, I, th- I think that that's part of the, the mechanics of what they're trying to do right now, which is give the parameters to the insurance companies to make sure it's available. Again, you know, the, the law enforcement will have the materials available to them to validate if insurance is, is legitimate, valid, um, in effect. But really, I think what, what this is more than anything uh, doing is going to provide that opportunity for flexibility um, for consumers when, when they're in Ontario. Certainly what you know, we're trying to encourage people is understand also where they're traveling to so that if they are heading out of the country or into other provinces, to make sure that um, those provinces will honor or, or, or replicate and accept mm. um, the digital uh, proof of insurance as well. Good point. Uh, as you mentioned, it's already in other provinces, Alberta, Nova Scotia, Newfoundland, Labrador. Um, any problems there? Anything we can learn from them? You know, I think it's really a work in progress. I, I think, you know, being the, the largest market in Canada, we're probably going to see some significant interest. Um, some insurance companies have begun to uh, get this in motion in other parts of the uh, country. But I think now that Ontario has set the framework for it to go forward, we're probably going to see more of it and we'll be able to hear where some of the, uh, the opportunities lie. But so far, it's been a very small, gradual progression. When will we see this? What about a timeline? So that's up to each individual insurance company. So now that the parameters were set out late last week, um, each insurance company will go back and begin to assess how and when they want to roll this out to their policyholders. If somebody is interested, certainly contact your insurance provider. Uh, but we'll probably see in the weeks and months to come this slowly evolving between various insurance companies. Elliot Silverstein is with us, Manager of Government Relations, Canadian Automobile Association, talking about uh, your pink slip, your insurance slip, now an electronic version of. Elliot, thanks for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Thank you. Going to take a quick break here. Privacy concerns, are there any when we return? 
You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. At the end of the day, we're doing, we're, we still have uh, physical licenses and, and ownership and such. Uh, is it that much of a hassle uh, to just have one more uh, of the pink slip? And is this really about convenience for the drivers and the customer? Or is this about the insurance company? Let's bring in Lauren Reed, the Privacy Pro. She is with us now. Lauren, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Hi, my pleasure. Uh, what is the Privacy Pro? I'm a boutique uh, privacy consultancy based in Toronto. So what are your thoughts on electronic uh, insurance slips? Is this, is this about making life easier for you and me, or is, it a, is there an advantage to the insurance company here? I mean, I think that's the question, is what, um, what problem are we trying to solve? Um, that's the question we should be asking anytime we're thinking about um, introducing a technology that's going to involve the use of personal information. So that's where we're going to get a sense of what are the risks and what are the benefits. And I, I think that I know that the government did um, a public consultation on this topic. They said that they've got 51,000 responses. So that tells us that someone was asking for it. Um, but the way that they have chosen to execute on this, I think, is worth looking at because it does put a lot of responsibility and power in the hands of the insurance companies. Expand on that. What do you mean? Sure. So the way um, what you do if you want to get one of these digital pink slips is you need to download an app from your insurance company. So this isn't a this isn't a government issued. It's not a, a direct relationship with the government. It's from your insurance company. And so I would go into my company. I would um, download their app from the App Store right. or the Google Store, and then they could. Give me the functionality to have it available on my lock screen. Um, that may or may not be um, that may or may not be enabled by default. So, depending on the insurance company, I may need to go and get some instructions on how to even get this card onto my lock screen versus needing to unlock the phone in order to hand it over. I would need to do that obviously way before I was being pulled over or being asked to show my proof of insurance. So that's that's one of the issues is that that lock screen functionality that they are saying, don't worry about handing a lock uh, and unlocked phone over to police. That's not enabled by default. That's something that we have to possibly go and search out how to do. Um, what does the what sort of uh, because you have to download an app from your insurance company? What sort of information does that give them? Does that give them data they can then sell? Mm-hmm. And that's the second piece. I mean, the, the piece that's getting attention is on handing over your phone, but the piece that's not, in my opinion, getting enough attention is that you have to consent, and I put that in air quotes. You have to consent to. Um, this app tracking you and selling a third party, your location data in some cases, um, as well as your online behavior to third parties and advertising and tracking you across the web. So I looked at several and they all were requiring them. So this is less about making it life easier for the consumer and just, and just another way for, for example, the insurance company to sell data that has, it has accumulated on you. And you have to allow that in order to get the service. Exactly. And that's why I put the word consent into air quotes, because that's yeah. not meaningful consent. Meaningful consent has been defined by the privacy regulator 
And it says that if you're requiring something that isn't actually necessary to deliver the service, you need to be able to explain that. And so far, I haven't found an example of an insurance company that can. Should uh, this go- should this app, if you're going to do this, if the government is going to do this, should the should the app be through the government? Should it be a government thing? Um, I think you know, if if it were, that you know may solve some of the issues. I think that either way, the lock screen functionality should be turned on by default. Either way, people should be given the option to meaningfully consent, meaning understand what they're agreeing to. Have um, do not track settings off by default where you'd have to opt into them mm-hmm. and teach people exactly how to use it. So that might be an option is having this issued directly through the government. And I think if we were to ask the question, why wasn't that done? We might get some more information on what the motivation was behind this in the first place. So again, when, you know, for me, it was, well, our licensing isn't done this way yet, although it may be moving in that direction. I presume it is as everything is going digital. Uh, our, Our ownership isn't. So why have one of the three pieces of, of information documents that you need digital and the others aren't because usually all those three pieces of information are together anyway. So again, my question is, is this really an advantage to the consumer or is it just another way for the insurance companies to make money off you by selling your data? And if, it, um, and, and if, if the insurance companies that you've looked at all require you to agree to share the data, that clearly says that's what this is all about. No. Um, I have a hard time coming up with an alternative. Um, I, I, yeah. mean, I don't know exactly. Like it's it's really nice that involved, they're... but it's hard to think of a different reason uh, for something like this. At the end of the day, it's about following the money. I I would agree. Yeah, I agree, Scott. I mean, do, do do does government or sorry insurance companies save that much money by instead of having staff physically mail these out? I guess um, now it's all done electronically, or hopefully eventually will be. I mean, I can't see that much cost savings or that much money to be made for uh, you know other than the number of employees it takes to process all of this. I can't see it being any advantage to the insurance company. Well, they say that it's to you know cut red tape. They say that it's to combat fraud. But I couldn't find any discussion of what the scope or the magnitude of that actual problem of fraud related to... See, I had, I had fraud written is. down. I would think there would be more of a chance of fraud with this, no? I mean, I don't know. I don't think we can say that it was about saving money. No, that said, I do believe that we are going to be moving towards digital identity. There's a lot of work that's going on um, inside of the government, and, and at least in the federal level, as well as in the private sector, to look toward... How can we improve people's privacy by using digital identity solutions? And this would be easier and quicker to implement than, say, uh, an entire government-wide going through, you know, Service Ontario and implementing it through there. So I think that this is a, a, a move in the right direction. I think that this technology is coming and it's good um, that we're moving that way. I just feel like the way that they've rolled this out has created a bit of a conflict of interest. They have said, you, the insurance company, are responsible for educating users on the risk, teaching them how to exercise their privacy rights. But at the same time, you have an incentive to not have them exercise those privacy rights. So I think the technology is a good idea. I do think we should move toward digital identity. But I think the execution in this case maybe isn't the best when we're thinking about consumer privacy. If they weren't getting something out of this, they would be charging us for this. 
wouldn't they? I mean, I I think so. Because I it's mean, an, it's more service. It's it's another service. They had to invest in these apps, right? They yeah. had to invest in developers. They have to, um, you know, maintain the apps. They have to you have a duplicate, you know, a redundant process for people that don't want to opt into using the app. So a lot of money was spent. We know that some money is being made yeah. uh, in terms of recovering some of that investment. But I, I think it's a good question for um, for the government to maybe open up that consultation that was done and to say, what are, what are we working toward here? Because we can't assess the, the privacy impact of this unless we understand what you were trying to accomplish in the first place. There that, has to be a balance. Yeah, we can't yeah. say privacy always overrides other needs or vice versa. And but the, I think there needs to be more transparency. And at the end of the day, what's the reason for really doing this in the first place? So will government say, okay, you can do this, but you got to make sure it's not a, it, it's like automatically locked, so it's something the customer doesn't have to do, and no selling of the information. I mean, that would eliminate all of this, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, I'm surprised that that's not the way they went because they said you must have the lock screen available. It was a minor step forward to say that that had to be on by default, but they didn't choose to do that. They also said that you have to comply with PIPIDA, our federal privacy law. However, right now, the way that, it, that I've seen these privacy policies being written, they're burying this in a small print document. That is not in compliance with the spirit of the law. So. Um, I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to hear from um, the privacy commissioner, the office of the privacy commissioner Mm. on, you know, as people kind of react to what's going on here. Fascinating angle to this. Uh, Lauren Reed has been with us, the privacy pro, uh, talking about privacy concerns in regard to electronic uh, forms for your insurance. Lauren, thanks for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Thanks a lot, Scott. Bye-bye. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.